well. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter three. We'll begin reading at verse 10 again. That's Genesis three and 10. And it says, he said, now he is Adam. He said, I heard your voice in the garden and was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, he being God, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. We see here a picture of two individuals making excuses, not accepting responsibility. They blamed it on someone else. They did not accept responsibility. And because they did not accept responsibility, they didn't see the grace of God. What do you mean, brother pastor? The word of God says that the voice of God came down in the cool of the day. This was customary. This is a time where they fellowshiped with God. God would give them instructions, what to do. He would talk to them about different things. But once again, this was their time of fellowship. Understand everything that you do is birthed from your fellowship, your directions for the day, correction. Anything that you do is often is birthed out of the fellowship. So once again, it was during the cool of the day. So once again, this was customary. So if you notice, God came down to them. God came to them. Now, God knew that they had sinned. But if you notice, the Lord still came to them. The Lord wants fellowship. Although, though, once again, they messed up, the Lord still came down to visit with them. But I think it's quite interesting. The word of God says Adam hid himself from the presence of God. Now, why did Adam hide himself? Because he knew he had done wrong. The word of God says when they ate of the fruit, their eyes were opened. What happened here? At that point. This earth curse system came into play, came into being, if you if you will. Now, if you look at Adam at this point, let's go back. Satan could not permeate the garden. He had to use a snake to get into the garden. And it was through the snake that he was able to speak with Eve. But after this point, after they ate of the of the fruit, he no longer needed the serpent. He was able to deal with them directly. He was able to speak to their minds. He was able to speak with their minds. I'll say it this way. Before they ate of the fruit, they were on the God channel. They were on God's frequency. They could hear the voice of God. But now Satan has access to their minds. He could speak with them. So when when God called for him, Adam, where are you? And Adam responded, well, I hid myself because I was naked. Then God replied, 
have you eaten from the tree in which I commanded you not to eat? If you notice, he began to give excuses. It was the woman that you gave me. Who's, who gave him that idea? How did he know to do that? The enemy was talking to his mind. He could hear the voice of the enemy. He's in this fallen nature. And so when the enemy, I'm sorry, when Eve rather, when Eve, uh, when he asked the question, Eve, what, 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 why did you do this? Eve said it was the serpent. Who was telling her the enemy was? He was talking to her mind. As a result of this, they were judged. Now, let's look at something. When God called for Adam and Eve, where are you? It was their opportunity to repent. See, God knew they messed up. The spirit of God came to them like he normally would. He didn't change. They changed. They hid from him. They gave excuses why they hid themselves and they gave excuses why they ate of the fruit. Anytime you fail to take responsibility, anytime that you make excuses, you also excuse yourself from the grace of God to help you in that situation. That's exactly what happened to them. You see, because the enemy had access to their mind and they gravitated to the voice of the enemy by making excuses. God couldn't help them. He couldn't help them in their situation. Why? Because they listened to the voice of the enemy. Once again, when you fail to take responsibility, that's something that God wanted them to do. That's what God wants all of us to do. And when you tend to lean toward making excuses, you know what you're doing? You are saying, OK, I'm not going to listen to you, God. I, I, my excuse is I'm going to listen to what the enemy is telling me. you. Shut God out of the conversation so God cannot deal with you about that issue. And as a result, they were judged and they were driven out of the guard. Now, there's some things we can learn from here. First of all. When we fail to take responsibility. When we make excuses for our failures, our disobedience, we give the enemy access to our mind. It's nothing but a lie from the enemy. Us justifying why we did something is nothing but deception and a lie from the enemy. It is the vehicle in which the enemy will use to come to your mind. He can always come to your mind through that vehicle or through that lie. That is how he gains access to our minds by us believing the lie. Now, so number one, when we justify why we did something, why we sinned, why we messed up, why, why we did whatever we did. One, that that lie is the vehicle in which the enemy used to have gain, gain access to your mind. Number two, when you do this, it will always lead to more darkness. And number three, it will always end up eventually in judgment. You will be judged. Why are you judged? Why will you be judged? Because you did not judge yourself because you did not take responsibility. Years ago, I reminded I was in college and I went to an HBCU. I was in the band 
And the drum major, he did something, and I can't remember the details, but I remember the, the band director, the director of bands, made him apologize to the band in front of everyone. Apologize to the band. And so the drum major at that time, he, he uh, apologized to the band, and then he began to make excuses justifying his actions. And the and after he began, after he finished uh, speaking to the band, the band director got right up behind him and spoke with the, the with the band and said, this is the example. This is a teachable moment, if you will. He said, if you notice, this was not a true apology. The band director, he said, listen, because if you notice, he justified what he did. And this is not a true apology because. If you're apologizing and you're justifying your actions, once again, it's not a true apology. And so the young man, the drum major at the time, he had the opportunity to learn from his mistakes, but he did not. Once again, when you justify why you do things and you don't make the correction, that's the vehicle the enemy will permeate your thinking. That's the, where the how the enemy will gain access to your thinking because it's nothing. Your justification is nothing more than a lie. And so the young man, he didn't change. So once again, this led to more darkness. He didn't learn from his mistake, his mistakes. And so. Shortly thereafter, it was late in the week where the, you know, black college, you know, we're there forever, so to speak. But I remember we were putting the show together for the Saturday game that evening. And so it was like a Thursday or a Friday. I believe it was a Friday night. But the the uh, drum majors, they 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 got on the field. They marched on the field with this new drum major routine. You all, I'm going to tell you something. It was so nice. It was tight. We all liked it, but it hadn't been perfected. So the band director told him, he said, listen, uh, that's a nice one. That's nice. But it hadn't been perfected. Don't do this tomorrow. Well, Saturday evening, game time, halftime, the band is about to march on the field for the halftime show. This drum major, he we noticed he had a different position. So he kicked it off and he marched on the field. But he had the tubas playing and, and the percussion playing. Y'all, it was tight. The crowd went wild. They loved it. We loved it. But in our minds, we're thinking, oh, boy, he is in trouble. You know, that particular band director, he always told us band is a dictatorship and not a democracy. So we knew it was going to be on. And so I remember after the game, we marched back to the band room and and he had a talk with us with some few choice words to say the gist of that conversation was this. We were having drum major auditions. You see, that young man was stripped of his title, his power and his authority. Why? Because he didn't judge himself. He didn't listen to correction. He did his own thing. You know, I'm reminded of the enemy. The enemy did the same thing. He was stripped of his title, his position, his power and his authority. When he did this, when he influenced Adam and Eve, he gained a title. The word of God calls him the little God of this earth, this world. And he gained power and authority here on the earth. 
until Jesus came. But you know what? We can still allow him to have power and authority in our lives. Did you hear what I said? We can still allow him to have power and authority in our own lives. Once again, when you fail to take responsibility, only thing you can do is believe a lie. You're going to believe some type of justification. But this is what I want you to see here in your responsibility. When you take responsibility, yes, sometimes it may be hard on your flesh, but then you open up the door for grace, the grace of God to come in to help you in that situation. Now, we see this justification, this Failure to take responsibility. We see it in our society. You know, it, there was at one point in time, the the institution of marriage was esteemed highly. Our laws reflected this and our society's norms and values. It all esteemed the marriage as something. Respectable. It esteemed, it esteemed the institution of marriage in high regard. You know, I'm not an old person, but I'm old enough to remember back in the day where if a young lady was sleeping with a married man, that was a disgrace. It was a disgrace. And you know what? If women found out about it, they wouldn't pet her up in it. No, they, they, would, they would frown upon her. They would look at her. They, they listen, they would disown it. They would shun her, if you will. Why? Because she's doing wrong. Now, you know, if we search the scriptures. We'll see that this is exactly what Paul was talking about in first Corinthians when he told him, listen, do not keep company with one who who is sexually immoral, a sexual immoral person. And he also listed some other things there. But then later on, uh, a few verse, a verse or two later, he said, don't even eat with them. Don't even eat with them. Why is this? Because when you deal with people like that, if you're not careful, they will rub off on you. They will rub off on you. The word of God says evil communication corrupts good manners. Can I share something with you? There are so many failed marriages. There are so many people that have gone the wrong way because of evil communication. If someone is sexually immoral, the word of God says you don't need to keep company with them. Now we're not talking about witnessing to a person, but we're talking about keeping company with them. In other words, hang with them, befriend them, spend time with them. The word of God says you don't even need to eat with them. Why? Because they will corrupt you. And so back in the day, once again, if a young lady, if it was known that she was sleeping with, with a married man, she'd be shunned. And furthermore, if she became pregnant by this young man, or by this married man, rather. Y'all know what? A lot of the old mothers, the church mothers, the older mother, mothers in the community, they would say, you know what? Don't mess up. Her, don't mess up that man's house. Because, you know, you knew what was going on. You knew what was going on. You knew that man was married before you did what you did. You knew the rules. You knew the risk. Okay, now you're pregnant by this man. Now you must take some responsibility and raise that person, your child, by yourself. You all know what? It was embarrassing for that young lady to be pregnant and not married. Furthermore, she couldn't tell who. She could not reveal who was the father. 
You know, I reminded uh, a former pastor of mine. He told me a story about his aunt. He said that uh, it was this preacher that came to town, this evangelist that came to town. Well, she had eyes for him. And unfortunately, he spent some time here. And well, let me say it this way. Unfortunately, they hooked up. There was a this was a married man. Now, we talking about the pastor told me this out of his own mouth about his aunt. Well, the man was from California where he drove back to California and she tried to contact him and he wouldn't respond to her phone calls her her his, his mail her mail or anything like that. So she got upset. So she decided to drive from Arkansas to California. And by the time she got to like Arizona, New Mexico, something interesting happened. For whatever reason, these large hailstones fell from the sky and put huge holes in the trunk. I'm sorry, in the hood of her car. Her car was wrecked. The pastor that was telling me the stories told me that his father had to go out, drive out to get her. She never made it to California. You all, once again, let me share something with you. Now, this doesn't justify what that man did, but there is a point here. You have to take responsibilities for your actions. You must take responsibilities for your actions. Now, once again, back in the day, these young ladies... If they got pregnant by a married man, many times they had to raise that child by themselves and not cause confusion with that man's house. In fact, they told them they'll tell them, don't be a home wrecker. You knew the consequences. Now, let me say this. The flip side was also true. What do you mean, brother pastor? If that man was caught in bed with a married woman, it was justification for that husband to kill that man. Everyone knew the price for that. Now, when we look at these things, y'all know what happened. I'm not condoning, you know, killing, but I also understand this. Um, when we saw or when we heard of things of such, those things served as an example. Don't mess with a married person. Don't mess with a married woman. Or her husband, because these bad things could happen to you. It served as an example for us to do what is right. So why was that important? Because now let me go back. The laws, going back to the man, the laws justified that man. The laws called it an act of passion. In the heat of passion, in the heat of the moment, that man saw his wife sleeping with another man. And it was justifiable for him to kill him. Now, you all, let me just say this. The word of God says for both parties to be stones, both to be put to death. You all, at one time, the laws justified it. But nowadays, things have changed. Things have changed. Nowadays, where at one time, the institution of marriage was, he, was esteemed highly, and the person's personal feelings or rights, if you will, was despised. Now the opposite holds true. What do you mean, brother pastor? The marriage is no longer esteemed high. It's not seen and in, 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 it's not regarded highly as it once did. 
And now, because of that, let me say it this way, the individual rights, their feelings has been esteemed higher than the marriage. You know, I remember years ago, there was this individual, this person happened to tell me, said, hey, it's their, their wedding anniversary and they'd been married for over 30 years. And I said, well, praise God, man, I'm so happy for you. That is such an example for, for the rest of us. And that person said, oh, it's just a number. It don't mean nothing. We're going to have our day. We, it won't be nothing special. It's just a number. I was kind of shocked. But once again, they don't esteem. The world does not esteem marriage in high regards. Now, remember, I talked about there are consequences when we when we don't take responsibility for our actions. What happens is. We we're justified because we hear the thoughts of the enemy and now society justifies our actions to the point where we become the victims. Those who commit that the crime or does that they're now they become the victims. Let me give you an example of that. There was a man. This is recently where this man uh, was 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 uh, messing around with this with this married woman, this man's wife. And long story short, her husband found out about it and the husband killed him. The sad thing about it was at the funeral, this man himself was married. He was married him, his ex-wife. Now they were, it was a strange relationship. It was his, I'm sorry, not ex-wife, but it was his wife and his four children was sitting in front of their father's dead body stretched out in a casket. Everyone was saying this was senseless. This didn't have to happen. That man should not have shot this man. Now, you, I'm not condoning violence. That, that's not what I'm doing. But if you notice, when we fail to take responsibility for our actions, the enemy permeates in darkness. He loves to 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 live in darkness. So if he can keep you in it with with constant excuses, why this is not right. He can keep you justifying why it's OK to continue to sleep with this person or that person, although you yourself is married. Remember, we talked about it. If you do not. Take responsibility for your actions. If you listen to the lies and the justification from the enemy, why it's okay for you to do what you do, it'll lead to more darkness and eventually judgment will come. That man was judged. Once again, I'm not condoning killing anyone, but we can see the judgment. Yes, remember that this, this young man and his wife, they had an estranged relationship. They were separated somewhat. And, and so he felt justifiable to do whatever he needed to do. And eventually he met this woman who was married and that man's killed that man for messing with his wife, shot him dead. He didn't see the judgment coming. The enemy never shows you the judgment. It is the enemy's will to continue to give you excuses to justifying why you should do what you do. Why? Because he knows judgment is coming. He's going to it's going to destroy you. It's going to destroy you. So many people that knew about the situation, they all said the same thing. This was senseless. The man didn't have to shoot him. And that is some truth to that. But but once again, they failed to realize. The person laying across in that casket who's left because of his own actions. He left 
a wife and four children to be raised without a father. He failed to look at his own actions because he failed to take responsibility. When you fail to take responsibility, you fail, you, you shun the grace of God to help you whatever issue that you have. You fail or you shun the grace of God. You all, God wants us to take responsibilities for our actions so we can get him involved, so we can get involved and with his grace to help us and deliver us from certain things. That's the way God operates. Listen, once again, if Adam and Eve would have done this, the story would have ended much differently. Well, brother pastor, you don't know that. I mean, they sin and they go, no, no, let me tell you something. For them to mess up, and God not give them the opportunity to repent. He would treat them like he did Satan. Satan had no opportunity to repent. Why? Because he didn't have a tempter. Adam and Eve had a tempter. So there was space given to them to repent. But instead they gave once again, they justified their actions. They, they gave an excuse why they did what they did. It was someone else's fault. They were the victims. You all, as long as the enemy can continue with these lies of giving you justifications, giving us justification, why we're doing things. Only thing it's going to do is to it will lead to greater darkness. Now, when I hear of stories of young men and women, particularly young men, when I hear them dying at the age of 13, 14, 20, 25. You know, I even tell the young people that I'm associated with, I tell them, always look at why. Why did they die early? I said, now, we're not talking about anything medical. And sometimes there are some things that can happen. But the great majority of them, let's look at some things. Let's ask, us our, ask ourselves some, some questions because we want to learn from their mistakes. We don't want to repeat the same mistakes. Were they at the place where they were supposed to be? Were they doing what they were supposed to be doing? Were they around or hanging around the people they were supposed to be hanging around with? Did, and then number four, did their parents know where they were? If you answer no to, to and, and I tell them, if you answer no to any one of these questions, then there was a problem. Then you know what? You, you had some responsibility in it. But see, if the enemy could continue, just look at the sorrow. Oh, man, it's a shame that now don't get me wrong. My heart goes out to them. But there's something else here because the enemy will continue to rob us, to take our sons and daughters. You know why? Because we're not looking at why it happened. We're just looking at the sorrow as a result of, of what happened. But what was the why involved? Because that child was disobedient. That child was in a place. He was doing something they should not have been doing. They were at a place they should not have been at. at they were hanging around people they should not have been hanging around with. And their parents did not know what was going on. They failed to take responsibility. And I'm sure the spirit of God was ringing in their ears. Go home. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. But they failed to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You all, I'm here to tell you all, as long as the enemy can continue uh, to keep our mind on the sorrow instead of the person's actions, he can continue to rob us of our future. The word of God said it's the truth that will set you free. Now, once again, I'm not promoting violence. I hate when bad things happen, but I heard someone say this and it's the truth. 
Bad things happen to good people when good people make bad decisions. We like to blame it on God. We like to blame it to just a freak of nature. We like to blame it on everyone else, but the person who was slain. We look at that person as the victim, like in the story I gave you about the young man who, who lost his life. Everyone looked at him as the victim. They looked at him as the victim when in actuality. It was his decisions that caused him to no longer be living. You all, I know this message is very difficult, but it's very true. If you can learn from the mistake, the enemy won't be able to rob from you. But right now, if we continue to look at the sorrow and not look at what the person's responsibility in it, the person's action, the enemy will continue to rob us blind. It will continue on with this cycle. Now, because society no longer looks because they no longer uh, hold marriage, if you will, in high regards. We said this, they, they no longer take responsibility. For their actions, they are justified and why they're doing what they're doing is only led to more darkness. Right now, infidelity is so high that, you know, it's let me tell you something. A report that I that, that I heard is so drastic that I don't even want to repeat it. It's higher than 50 percent, both male and females of infidelity in marriages now. Let me I'll be honest with you. It's hard for me to believe. But the point is this. The regards, the sanctity of marriage, if you will, is no longer held in high regard. It's no longer held in high regard once again. But because of this it's led to more darkness, more darkness, more darkness. Now we're dealing with transgenderism, if you will. 30 and 40 years ago, we never heard such a thing. But now we're beginning to see this transgender. Now, why is this made? Why is this possible? Because a person's personal rights and their feelings has now been esteemed higher than marriage, higher than any other entity. We know this is a trick of the enemy to the point where, okay, you're born male or female, but now the person, they want to have a choice. They want to change what God has put in motion. So let's look what's happening here. Once again, when you don't judge yourself, you will be judged. When we take responsibility, we get God involved. So going once again, this trans transgenderism, you all, I'm not pre preaching hate or anything like that. We need to look at this thing. What's happening? Society is leading the way. Medical science is trying to catch up. So when the, when these individuals and they take not, not only the hormones to change their bodies or what have you, now they're going through surgery. But the result of the surgery, from what I'm told, it's terrible. Their bodies are mutilated. Their bodies are marred. It, and, and it's it's really kind of like a chop job. And and unfortunately, many of those people, they are they live in regret because medical science has not caught up with the demands pushed by society. They have not perfected it yet. And so we have a lot of guinea pigs, so to speak. But 
unfortunately for them, because they didn't heed warnings. Now their bodies are marred and mutilated. Once again, you all, I feel bad for them. But why, why did this happen? Because they didn't heed the warning. They made excuses. They justified their actions. And if you notice, it's becoming more and more darker, darker until judgment comes. Their bodies are messed up. Now, if Jesus tarries his coming, we realize, no, that medical science will eventually catch up. And you all know this is ultimate deception. Anytime a person can have surgery to the point where you can't tell if it's male or female. And I'll say this, you'll be led by the spirit of God, who you're marrying and who you even dealing with. You have to be, we're, it's getting to the point now where you have to be led by the spirit of God to tell you who you should date or no, who's your wife or who your husband is supposed to be. Because pretty soon, It'll be hard to tell with the naked eye. You all, when we fail to take responsibility, this is exactly what happens. Society does not look in marriage in high regard. And once again, it's led to all kind of acts of evil. Why? Because there's no restraint. You know, the enemy has to bathe in his own soup. What do you mean, brother pastor? Turn to first John chapter four. First John chapter four, we'll begin reading at verse one. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is already in the world. So what's going on in these scriptures? What is John talking about? Because the enemy, he remember he has to bathe in his own soup. He believes this lie that Jesus Christ did not come in the form of the flesh. He believes that Jesus Christ came in full power and authority. Now we know that Jesus is God. He, he came here as God, but he was also came here in the form of flesh. The word of God says he laid aside his divine powers or his divine abilities. But Satan believes the reason why he was defeated, all this is is just a justification. He, Satan once again believes the reason why he was defeated because God came down in full throttle of his power, in full power, in full force. And that's the reason why Jesus was able to defeat him. That's what he believes. So John says, when we hear these thoughts, because they can be tricky, are these thoughts from God or are these thoughts, this spirit, is it from the wicked one? He said, this is a true test. Now, let me say this. Now, you have to be in sincerity. You can't just be playing around with this. So he says, test the spirits to see if they're from God or not. If you ask the question, 
Do you believe Jesus Christ has come in the form of the flesh? Those spirits, and you mean you serious? They'll say no. They'll say no. For them to say yes means that they have to defeat, they admit they have been defeated. They have been defeated. But the enemy believes that he came with all power. Let me say this. And on the earth, he had his divine abilities. The word of God says this is the spirit of the Antichrist. When the Antichrist comes and he has power, he ascends to his power. He will believe that Jesus Christ didn't come in the form of flesh. The enemy is bathing in his own soup. He has no choice but to believe a lie. To believe anything else, he will have to admit that he was defeated. But the enemy really believes in his mind, in his heart, that he's going to defeat God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Why? It's all based on they do not believe, once again, that Jesus came in the form of the flesh. The enemy will also justify, once again, the defeat in your mind, just like he did Adam and Eve. Why did you disobey God? Because the woman, because the serpent. You all, when we listen to justification, we justify our wrong actions. We give voice to the enemy. And it's that justification, which is nothing but a lie that the enemy will use as a vehicle to talk to your mind and lead you to further darkness. But when we take responsibility, we say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. We license God to come in our lives to fix that particular situation by his grace. He will help us get out of it. Some of y'all may be saying, uh, 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 I hear you, brother pastor. It uh, but, but, but I've been stuck in this thing for so long. Let me tell you something. Keep repenting. Say, God, listen, be truly sorrowful. God, listen, I know this is wrong. This is not, this is wrong. What I am doing, but God, I know you can deliver me from it. God, please forgive me and deliver me from this thing. If you could continue with, with, with the, with that mentality, let me say the eventually, you know, the, you will find your deliverance. You will find your deliverance. So what should we do? You all, when we do wrong, let's not cover it up. Let's not justify. Let's repent before God and say, God, I'm sorry. Because we don't want to give the enemy access to us, to our minds and our thoughts. We want to open ourselves up and, and take responsibility so God can come in and, and permeate our thinking so God can come in and, and help us, give us the grace so we won't do those things again and help deliver us from those situations and live the abundant life. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.